My name is Jim Fleming, and this is Our Sunday School. Our Sunday School is part of Stewart Heights Baptist Church in Chattanooga, Tennessee. To prepare for this lesson, please go to OurSundaySchool.com for a copy of today's handout. Now, let's get to this week's lesson. Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Our Sunday School. Glad you guys are with us this morning. If you got your Bibles, we're in Colossians chapter 1. Uh, actually, I think the second half of Colossians chapter 1, which maybe you can count that as progress. Uh, we'll see. But if you got your teal books, we're on page 75. Uh, so grab those. And I think this morning we're going to finish up the Christ hymn, uh, which I asked Terry Brown one time. Y- y'all know Terry Brown? He was a Bible teacher here at Stewart for a while. He, uh, I asked him one time, I said, what was your, like, what's your favorite thing to teach in the Bible? Like, what part of the Bible is your favorite part of the Bible to teach? And he said, whatever I'm teaching right now. And I, he, he told me this like 10 years ago. I thought, okay, that's kind of smart alecky or whatever. And I, I, I kind of agree with him. It's whatever I'm teaching right now. Uh, but this has been especially wonderful just to get to revel in the glories of Jesus. So uh, let's listen to Paul. Uh, as Brian says, just go off about Jesus for a little bit in Colossians chapter 1. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by God's will, and Timothy, our brother, to the saints in Christ at Colossae, who are faithful brothers and sisters, grace to you and peace from God our Father. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you, for we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love you have for all the saints because of the hope reserved for you in heaven. You've already heard about this hope in the word of truth, the gospel that has come to you. It is bearing fruit and growing all over the world, just as it has among you since the day you heard it and came to truly appreciate God's grace. You learned this from Epaphras, our dearly loved fellow servant. He is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf, and he has told us about your love in the Spirit. For this reason also, since the day we heard this, We haven't stopped praying for you. We're asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding so that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might so that you may have great endurance and patience, joyfully giving thanks to the Father who has enabled you to share in the saints' inheritance in the light. He has rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of the Son he loves. In him we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For everything was created by him in heaven and on earth, the visible and the invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and by him all things hold together. He is also the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he might come to have first place in everything. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him and through him to reconcile everything to himself, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Once you were alienated and hostile in your minds as expressed in your evil actions, but now... He has reconciled you by his physical body through his death to present you holy, faultless, and blameless before him. If indeed you remain grounded and steadfast in the faith and are not shifted away from the hope of the gospel that you heard. 
This gospel has been proclaimed in all creation under heaven, and I, Paul, have become a servant of it. Now, I rejoice in my sufferings for you, and I am completing in my flesh what is lacking in Christ's afflictions for his body, that is, the church. I have become its servant, according to God's commission that was given to me for you, to make the word of God fully known, the mystery hidden for ages and generations, but now revealed to his saints. God wanted to make known among the Gentiles the glorious wealth of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. We proclaim him, warning and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone mature in Christ. I labor for this, striving with his strength that works powerfully in me. For I want you to know how greatly I am struggling for you, for those in Laodicea and for those who have not seen me in person. I want their hearts to be encouraged and joined together in love so that they may have all the riches of complete understanding and have the knowledge of God's mystery, Christ. In him are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Um, I want to give you a heads up this morning. I started a new asthma medication yesterday, and it's making me a little jerky this morning. And twice while reading Colossians 1, my eyes jumped more than two lines from where I was reading. So uh, I need feedback this morning if you hear me say something that makes no logical sense because I've literally read the wrong line. So I, I always have an open door on please give me feedback. I am asking for more this morning because I feel like I am just a smidge... Uh, not at 100%. So if you have ever taken asthma medication, uh, you might know what this is like. And it is super weird. And I am holding my hands. My wife is probably freaking out right now. I'm okay. Uh, Zeke's about to tackle me. Uh, <laughs> Dave's going to hold me up. We're all good. It's okay. So there we go. Right, Zeke? It, they've got me. They've got me. Everything's good. <laughs> yeah, you go high. <laughs> that made me nervous. There we go. All right. Woo! Okay, so we're on page 75 in our Teal book. Uh, we finished up verse 18 last week. Just really reveling in uh, our Lord Jesus Christ's position relative to all things. So let's just do a, a quick bit of recap before we look at our text for this week. Uh, where is Christ compared to all things? Over, above, where else? Beyond, what else? before and after, right? Like, it, it's, all the prepositions, right? All the prepositions. It's Jesus, it's Jesus, it's Jesus, it's Jesus. Uh, so with that as a backdrop, his position relative to all things, this week we look at verses 19 and 20. So verses 19 and 20, for God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him. Now, we can get lost in the pronouns very, very quickly here. So just a quick recap on theology. How many gods do we serve? One God. How many persons are there in our God? Three, right? Our God is one what and three who's. Unlike anything else in the universe, I am one what, I'm a man, and I am one who, Jim right? Chewbacca is a one Wookiee with who is Chewbacca, 
What he is is a Wookiee. Who he is is Chewbacca. God is one God with three who's. This is why we don't make comparisons to God. He's like, no, he's not like anything else. He is utterly and completely distinct. And when we get into biblical text that's talking about different members of the Godhead, and when the original language isn't uber clear exactly which member of the Godhead we're talking about, we can get to really bad theology really quick. So, for God, which member of the Godhead is this? The Father was pleased to have all his, the Father, back to the Father, fullness dwell in him, Jesus. All right, great, we're, we're going good here. And through him, Jesus, the Son, right, to reconcile everything to himself. This is the tricky one. So we'll look at, we'll look at this a little bit today. Whether things on earth or things in heaven by making peace through his blood... Now, obviously, we're back to who here? We're back to the Lord Jesus Christ, shed on the cross, right? Okay, so this is what we're looking at. Now, I will tell you, there are brilliant, Jesus-loving people on both sides of who this is, and I'm not going to fight you, but I do think that the Scripture is clear-ish to lean one direction. Uh, not the band, sorry. Um, this is the other thing that it's doing to my head. It's the rabbit trails. I'm having to crush them nonstop. So, Jules, remind me next week, I don't take this before I teach. We just can't do this anymore. This is not going to work. Uh, all right, so page uh, 75, verse 19 here. Four, and, and we, we skip past these little words sometimes, but this is a reason that something else is happening Right? So four, we're connecting these concepts. Four, uh, God was pleased. Now, what's the, what's the Greek word there for God? It's, you're like, wait, what? What? It's not there. That's right. The he is coming here from, it's supplied from the verb. This is the typical way that Greek sentences are structured many times, especially when you've got lots of references going back and forth. Uh, you could easily translate it for he was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him. The challenge with that is that we don't need more pronouns in this sentence. <laughs> it is already quite complex. So the translators have really helped us out a little bit here by supplying the word God and helping us understand, oh, we are, in fact, oriented to the Father here. Now, when I say the word pleased, when I say the word pleased, uh, give me an example of how you would use the word pleased. I was pleased that, like, what happened? Tell me something in the last week or so, in the month or so in your life, that you were pleased that happened. You were pleased that your husband painted your house. Wow. That's impressive. There you go. Good job, Bobby. Way to go. Oh, inside. All right, still. What? That's fine. I, you know, paint's paint, right? That's good. Cool. What else? You're pleased your daughter got engaged. Yes, absolutely. But not this daughter. Not this daughter. <laughs> You're pleased too, right? But you want to be clear. <laughs> Clarity is important, right? That's good. What else? Oh, you, you hit the target when you threw a piece of trash in the trash can. Excellent. Great. Great, 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 good. What else? 
Are you pleased at? This is, this is your warm-up act for Thanksgiving when we go around the table this week and say, what are you thankful for? And so what are you, what are you pleased with? Pleased at Gracie's home. Yeah, there you go. Cool. <laughs> I really thought that's where you were going, Zeke, and I think you missed an opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. We love you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what else? Keep going. Oh, okay. You got a fabric shaver to get the the pills? Oh, oh. I was like, how much drugs do you have at your home, man? Like this is <laughs> you got you have to have a tool to collect them off of your furniture. This seems like maybe too much. We should talk about this. So, okay. Great. Cool. <laughs> so, so when we talk about when we are sorry, this is going to I'm going to be thinking about that for a hot minute. Um, yeah, 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 okay. It's like so many rabbit trails. Please, please don't stop taking this before you go. There you go. <laughs> Y'all are loving it, right? This is great. Okay. So when we talk about we were pleased with something, it is usually something that directly impacts us, right? Because it, the pleasure that we have is something that impacts us. So in context here, God, the Father, was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him and through him to reconcile everything to himself, whether things on the earth or things in heaven, by, this is the the manner in which God is pleased, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. So think about this. God is pleased with the reconciliation work that Christ does because of the death of His Son. This is not an emotional response that we would hear from somebody and go, yes, that makes sense. That's, that's where we should derive pleasure. Like, what in the world? So right off the bat, I want us to understand that God's perspective on this is fundamentally different than our perspective, specifically if you have children. I can't imagine I'm ever, I would ever say the words, I am pleased with the death of a child. I mean, that is just, I I don't even want to finish the sentence. I don't even want to finish the sentence. It's just unbelievable. But what occurred because of the death of Christ brings pleasure to God. But this entire process, this he is pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him. This is, this is an, an amazing thing. And this word pleased is not just something occurred and we're, we're happy about it. It's more specifically considering something is good and therefore worthy of choice. It's I'm looking at the landscape of possibility. Oh, that's good. We'll pick that and I'll be pleased with my picking of that. You're like, Jim, you're not helping here, right? <laughs> we're, going, we're going deeper into this idea that illustrates how much the Trinity loves us. Right? And you can hear all sorts of hot takes on this, that, uh, that this is like some type of divine child abuse, and it's some kind of, you know, you're like, Guys, you're, you're, you're missing the point. This is a 
This is a voluntary act of Christ to do this. This is, uh, this is obedience to his Father. So you could also translate this word uh, consent, determine, or resolve. So God, was, uh, God consented in this. He was, the Father determined this. The Father was resolved in this. But pleasure is a really good uh, translation as well. So what did, what did the Son have? What's the text say the Son has? For God was pleased to have all his fullness. Now, think back to the Old Testament, right? Think back to the Old Testament. And I've talked about this several times recently, but uh, the Old Testament's over here, by the way. The New Testament's like here, and then the future's over here. This is my, my brain, the way it works. Uh, that's not the drugs. That's just the way it's always worked. So there you go. Um, and uh, when Moses went up to get the commandments, uh, he came back down and something was different about Moses, right? He was lit up. He's glowing. He had a problem. They put a veil over his face to limit the amount of freaking out that everybody that saw him were, was going to do. And um, we learned really quickly that we can't approach God. We need help. We need something to bridge the gap to approach God. Christ comes. All the fullness of the Father dwells in Christ. And there were people walking around who got to physically engage with the divine. It's just mind-boggling to me. And it, it wasn't a, oh, you've got a little Jesus in you, or the Spirit in... Like, no, 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 this is the divine God walking among us. And it's not a... Um, this verse is one of the reasons I don't believe that Jesus became God at some point. He didn't have, he wasn't mostly God or partially. He was all the Father's fullness dwelt in him. All of it. 100%. And if you read through the Old Testament, how big was God the Father on sharing his glory with anyone else? He's like, zero amounts of this were okay. <laughs> so this is, this is the Father saying, this is my Son and all His fullness is there, which I would argue is a declaration, and this is my application for the bottom of page 75, our Lord Jesus Christ is worthy. He is worthy. Like nobody else is worthy. Like I, <laughs> I believe in the permanent indwelling of the Holy Spirit in the life of a believer. Um, I would go as far as to say that where God is, that is holy ground. Right? Well, God is in me, and where I am standing is holy ground because of God, not because of me. But God in me is not the same as all the fullness of the Father in Christ. Those two things are radically, totally, completely different. I want us to see the, the distinctiveness here. So, if our Lord Jesus Christ is worthy, and you're going you're gonna to hear this a few times today, uh, worship him. Worship him. Because he is worthy as none other is worthy. Christ makes us worthy to be able to be uh, loved and adopted by God, but we are not intrinsically worthy on our own. Christ is intrinsically worthy on his own. Nobody had to do anything to make Christ worthy. He is worthy. 
You're like, well, that's kind of amazing. Yes, it's amazing. <laughs> it's really amazing. So, for God was pleased to have all his fullness. So this is the seventh time the word all has shown up just in the Christ hymn, if you're keeping count, and I count everything. So, he was pleased to have all his fullness, page 76, dwell. I love this verb. This is an aorist verb. There's, it's just action without respect to time. So there's no, there's no uh, well, it started over here and it'll end over. No, 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 no. It just exists. It just exists. His fullness dwells. It's an active dwelling. It's a housing. Uh, this word is used elsewhere in Colossians in chapter 2, verse 9. It's the exact same usage here, talking about the fullness of the Father dwelling in the Son. So the, all his fullness dwells in him, in our Lord Jesus Christ. So an application here on page 76. Uh, all the Father's fullness resides in our Lord Jesus Christ. All the Father's fullness resides in our Lord Jesus Christ. So who else is... Oh, yes, I'm sorry. Throw soft things if I don't respond. It's cool. Yes, yes. Because the New Testament never describes the Spirit's indwelling of us in a way in which the Father's fullness dwelled in Christ. So we have the Spirit. Jesus had the Spirit and the full indwelling of the Father. That phrase is only used of Christ in the New Testament. Yes. 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 He does, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah, because the text does. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little tricky. This, the scripture is clear that the New Testament believer is permanently indwelled by the Holy Spirit. I think we're all checking that box, right? Yes. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Which is not the same as the fullness of the Father. So that's where I would draw the distinction there. Because the text doesn't say... So, so my point would be, where does the New Testament say that the New Testament believer has the fullness of the Father indwelling? You got one? Okay. <laughs> I'm coming back to you, Matt, though. So, okay. Yes, Moses was glowing. Yes. Yes.
<laughs> I, I think you're on to something. Can I say it a different way? We, as non-divine beings, cannot contain the fullness of the divine in our current form. Pause, run way over here into the end of all things. I would not say the same thing. This is a broken, flawed... Sorry, I'm pointing at myself. You can't see me yet. This is a broken, flawed, limited body that we are in right now. I don't, I'm not making statements about over there. So when I say permanent, what I'm talking about is permanent like in this flesh right now. Not a... Yes, Jeff? Oh, he speaks. Here we go. Here we go. We will not finish the Christ hymn today. No, I didn't say that. So, <clears throat> so we're talking about the vessel versus that which we built in the world, though. Mm-hmm. Right? So we want to be careful because we might tell whether or not we just look. Right. So Jesus is fully as well. He did not grow. Right. Yeah. But, because he wants to. Sure. But I would argue that. I, th- I think there was one day he did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. Fully man. Fully man, right? Yeah. I'm good with that. What I'm saying is he had a a different indwelling than we do. That's what the text says. Oh, we do have a wind component. Aorist. The aorist, the verb, the dwelling there is an aorist tense. It is with page 76, first verb, top of page 76. So it's the absence of a when component. Is that the word? It's the aorist tense, yeah. Yep. It's the most impossible word to pronounce if you've never heard it a billion times pronounced pro- properly. So I think I said it aorist probably for 10 years, and then I had someone very kindly come up and was like, no. Yep. It is, yes, good, 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 yes, that's exactly right. <laughs> but, but the fact that it was the, it's all about redeeming yeah. something that wasn't capable and making it capable. That's why this body, it's just like it's, it's, it's decomposition of the yeah. I, Jesus is the first one. Yeah. And it's like, and this is, was it the second? Yep. And this is like, this is so yep. All the fullness dwells in Christ, in our Lord Jesus Christ. It's beautiful. I love the way you process. This is fantastic. Yep. Oh, here we go. Yes, 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 yes. I will, I will tell you the Venn diagrams I don't think help us in discussions with the Trinity, but yeah, yes, it, all, all time, yes, all the fullness has dwelled in Christ for all time, yes. Yeah. 
And the, the only problem with that is it's a comparison, and we don't do comparisons. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So, did, yeah. Did you pull that thread as long as you wanted to? Okay, cool. All right. We're coming up on 2,000 years of crockpot stewing on this text in Christianity. And we still haven't plumbed the depths of it. Like, that's the amazing thing. You know? No. I, one of the most beautiful things I ever heard, somebody asked John Piper, he said, when are you going to get tired of teaching the Bible? He said, when I get to the bottom of these beautiful truths. I was like, Okay, that's great. That's great. All his fullness dwells in him. Yes, ma'am. Fire away, Miss Sunder. You should never play poker. Yes. Good. <laughs> yes, read it. So John's talking there about the physical Jesus who was walking around on the earth. Um, I, I, I don't know that I would say that they're talking about the exact same thing as this. This is the fullness that is in Christ from the Father. Um, but it, that's a beautiful text too. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know that I would say that. That's why I'm not answering that question. <laughs> that's, a great, that's a great question. Thank you. <laughs> I don't know it. <laughs> uh, the, the fullness there? Uh, I mean, you could, yeah. But I mean, e even then, uh, so the tricky part about this, so just so everybody understands, I am loving this conversation, every part of it, so please keep going. This is awesome. Uh, look at the word fullness at the bottom of page 75 in your handout. You see it's got, uh, so these are Strong's definitions, so it's, it's close enough, it's good enough, right? Uh, so it's got one definition of repletion or completion. Second definition is subjectively what fills. Third definition is objectively what is filled. So when we have these words that have a variety of uh, potential definitions, I would certainly not have as an immediate response, yes, they are talking about the same thing. Because the semantic range of the word itself is broad, and it very likely might be referring to something other in John chapter 1. If you had a word that is used two times in the New Testament, and it's a New Testament-only word, and uh, it's only used to describe this one particular thing, I would feel a little more comfortable saying, I would lean that direction. Uh, but I would not without doing a little bit of research. And I don't have my tools in front of me right now. So I, I will say, I don't know. <laughs> What's that? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <clears throat> yes. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, I think you bring up a good point here for the, the idea of context. So if we zoom out on this text in Colossians and look at the larger work, what is Paul doing with his exaltation of Christ here compared to what he's about to use what he's doing here for? That was an extraordinarily complicated sentence. Let me say it a different way. What is the reason Paul is exalting Christ right here? What does he need to use that exaltation for in a few verses later? He's going to oppose what? Remember, the potluck, everything's good, it's all fine, take a little bit of everything, I'll take a little of this and 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 a little of this, and it's all great. And he's establishing the one who is over and above all and completely different so that when he says something true about Jesus Christ and false about, or true about the false other religions, that, that the, the intellectual uh, establishment of Christ is over and above and distinct from everything else in every way, then it makes sense because he's going to use it that way. So I love the, thank you for saying context. I, um, so Lori, this is what I end up doing sometimes is I will go, like I am 19 levels deep in a word and I forget that this word exists in a sentence, in a paragraph, in a book. In a testament, <laughs> right? Uh, so. I like that word, uncomparable. Yeah, 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 I think Paul is doing a couple of things here, specifically with the fullness of God. Uh, if, if Jesus Christ isn't fully God, then his sacrifice that he's about to talk about, his blood shed on the cross, isn't sufficient because it isn't an eternal sacrifice that will resolve all the sins everywhere, right? He's human, which means he's a substitute for us, but he's also got to be divine, and, you know, there's only one of those. And I think that's what Paul might be, so... I'm, I'm dancing on my toes here. I think that might be what Paul is leaning into with his uh, discussion of the fullness because he goes right into the crucifixion talk. And if you don't have a God that is sacrificed on the cross, then you don't have an adequate sacrifice. Perfect segue for whenever I hear this verse, I automatically think of Isaiah 53, 10. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We just don't know what to make of it. But the, the more we, once again, that's a crockpot type thing saying, God, I don't understand this. <laughs> you have joy. But he had the same amount of joy of his fullness swelling as he did the crushing because he finally was able to have a vessel <clears throat> that not only could possess the Trinity, Yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> only, only Jesus yeah. could handle, only God could handle that weight. And it's just like, and, and this what we're doing right now is what we, God's called us to do together. Because this is not a, a 
flesh issue to where we can understand it and say, oh, he's a bold egg. That's a, that explains yeah. the truth. <laughs> no, you know, it, it, there's not one. It's a faith issue. Yeah. And if we don't encourage each other and iron sharpen iron, it's faith issues require us to encourage each other in the truth because it's not. You can't see it. You can't touch it. But is it more real than this table? <laughs> All right, so I've got 9.43. Fire away, yeah. I loose the dragon? Cool, go for it. Actually, I will say I'm not loosing the dragon. I think that happens way over here at some point in the future. So I read something about that once. You are not a dragon, nor do I think about it that way. Yes. I think. I think. Yep, yep, yep. Yep. That's right. Oh, no. I don't think we have any, any, uh, I'm, 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 well, the fullness is there, but the Father has turned his face away from the Son, and there had to be a forsaking because all the sin of the world was on Christ, and that's not something the Father could... I would want to look at the words. My gut says probably so, but I'd want to look at the words. Yeah. I like it. Excellent. All right. How many thought that was fun? All right, cool. Excellent. Like half of you had both hands up. That's pretty cool. Nice. I like it. I like it. Excellent. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. I don't know. We'll see. I will tell you it was... Um, so thank you, uh, sister, for the great questions. Um, I, I uh, very, you can hear it right now, actually, uh, struggling to articulate coherent responses to certain questions because of this that's going on right now. Um, so if I said something or you heard me say something, you're like, I don't think that was right. You need to tell me again. I, I, am, I want to be very coachable and teachable in this moment. So yes, Dave? It is. 
It is, it is. I will tell you, I thought we would spend maybe five to six minutes on verse 19, because I am, I can't tell you how excited I am to talk about reconcile, because reconcile is where the fun stuff is, and it's, it's like, it's really cool. So, uh, if you thought today was good, Lord willing, next week's going to be fantastic. So, there's that. All right, uh, I think that's it for today. We've got weekly updates you should have on your table, so grab one of those, pray over those, grab a section, uh, and then we get to go... Yes, uh, my executive attendance taker is not with us today, so attendance is even more important. Uh, but once we have finished praying, we get to go and worship this one who we are still plumbing the depths of his greatness. And that is amazing. So thanks for coming today, guys. Thanks for engaging. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast, YouTube channel, and weekly email. You can subscribe to all three of those at OurSundaySchool.com. Grace and peace to you.